ain't gonna work with that, buddy boy. Yep, yep, hit me. Alright, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Boombastic Cast. Absolutely. Me and the Hawkman over here flying a little solo, flying our big uh, seven seven uh, thirty seven. Is that the big one? Seven forty seven. Seven forty seven, dude. Seven forty seven. We just got our license with um, with John Travolta. We were in the same class as John Travolta. We got our big seven forty seven license, so we'll be cruising heavy and hard out there. Um, and that's okay because we're flying solo on a solo mission today. Now. We're going back to our themes, which ladies and gentlemen out there that listen to the show would know, um, Alexander the Great really appreciates these themes. Uh, the the world famous top 10 AD, you know what I mean? Heck yeah. We, well, the great, the great minds of Alexander the Hawk and his people, they figured out a way uh, to, to work Heath Ledger into the mix. On uh, this this episode, now I don't want to know why or what they did behind the scenes, any dark arts type things, trying to summon or something like that. Uh, but it's very wild stuff. So yeah, Heath Ledger, man. Uh, all joking aside, let me put my suit on and mourn a little bit here. Uh, very young. When I went back to do a little research on this, I didn't realize only had 20, uh, 23 films under his belt, which is kind of crazy because me and Hawkman have kind of, we outdid him on that a little bit. Um, our bank accounts and our respect levels are a little bit, not quite as, don't quite as match up with the ledger himself. But, you know, it, that's very sad, man. Very sad. Well, he, I mean, I mean, it's, it's always, I mean, it's always sad when people die, and I think it's also very sad, even more so, I guess, the younger someone has died. And Heath Ledger was one of those that unfortunately had a lot of uh, talent, a lot of potential, and unfortunately he passed at an early age and only was able to do the 23 projects before he passed. Which, I mean, and of course, I mean, if you look at his... Uh, his his filmography. It's interesting because he he was very much in in the category of romantic comedies. Then he did uh, you know some more just straight romance, and then he started doing more dramatic stuff and trying to break out of that mold. And uh, and of course, I mean the last move. Uh, and the second to the last movie he did was, of course, the one that everyone, you know, uh, you know, say is his best work yet. Um, and I have to say that uh, I would have loved to see what what he could have brought, you know, as as the years went on. And unfortunately, uh, as we all know, he passed uh, in the middle of uh, doing another film. And uh, we will never see what he could have done. I mean, I would have loved to see what he be, uh, which films he'd be in now. I mean, that's a good question. What uh, what films would have been totally different if Heath Ledger was still alive? You think he would have continued that Joker position in uh, in people's franchises? Well, the thing is with Heath Ledger, the I mean, like I said, uh, looking at at the stuff that he's done. 
I'm, I would have, I would not have been surprised if after, after doing the Joker and then when the MCU started that he actually stayed away from the MCU. Oh, okay. Because with the way I, 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 I kind of felt about how Heath Ledger was, he was trying to, you know, stretch and do other things. And definitely I, I had the feeling that he wanted to go more dramatic, more, you know, maybe more art house, like high independent films, like the, like the Oscar independent, uh, you know, bait kind of films was where I think he was, he wanted to go. Yeah, I think, yeah, <clears throat> when he's definitely, you're right, when you said, you know, I'm very curious to know what he'd be doing now, I'm with you on that, you know what I mean, yeah. he's, you know, 28, that's super young, man, that's crazy, he would have had like a, a Johnny Depp type career, like he would have worked up until the day, you know, I was going to say to the day he died, but he did, you know what I mean, realistically, uh, but he would have been a dude that would have been 70, 80 years old, probably still killing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's real sad. Don't do drugs, eh? Um, at least not, don't do the hard ones, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it, a very tragic loss. I remember he was one of the first real big ones, too, that really, really, woo, shit, of drugs with um, in the current times, you know what I mean? Like our last AD, I believe, was, was Seymour, right? Yeah, Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. And, uh, Kind of crazy when you think about it. It's all these legendary, super fucking talents that checked out early because of some hardcore shit. Very sad, very sad. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got this gigantor list of these 10 movies. I'll be honest with you. I, I appreciate Heath Ledger. Um, existing in his talents and I do believe him to be a really talented dude. I wasn't quite as well versed in his films, if you will. Um, so I'm, my list is a little shaky, probably, you know what I mean? Uh, a little, uh, but well, the, truth, the truth is, is Matt is not a big fan of the romantic comedies or the romance type of uh, films. So that's why he missed a lot. It's very weird, yeah. Isn't that weird? No, I feel I probably relate out there in radio world, podcast world. The um, but I I did scrape one together and I I stand behind it. Um, I think it'll work. You know what I mean? I think it'll be a good deal. Were you a uh, big fan of the ledge his entire career? Or since yeah. First well, I I mean I mean the thing is that. I would not say I was a huge fan, but I I I enjoyed him. I thought he, I thought he was especially great in his romantic comedies because yeah. he had a good sense of timing. He's a very attractive person, and he he knew how to you know put on the charm. I mean, it's you know you you'd be watching him, and you know he'd give that smile, and you're like, well, yeah. I mean, it's obvious that. Most girls or, or women would, you know, just you know fall from because of that, you know, that charming uh, personality and that smile of his. And then, of course, as it went on, and then when he did the Dark Knight and blew everyone away. I mean, I like myself, I like many others. When we heard Heath Ledger was going to play the Joker, we were like, 
Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I well, I see, Hollywood. Ah, I don't like that. Pretty boy. I had that attitude. I was well, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I had seen other things that were more dramatic, but again, did well. They were more dramatic, and he showed a lot of talent. I was still kind of like on the edge that you know didn't think he was a right fit for the role, but he he definitely you know he owned it and he made that film you know the most memorable in the trilogy. For sure, like legendary, you know what I mean. You always have that debate. It might be disrespectful to bring up here, you know what I mean. But you know, does the people uh, people always say, you know, do you think the over the, the like the overwhelming fact that he died like right after doing it? Do you think that that's why people kind of revere it so much? And we, me and Hawkman both agree it was a great performance for sure, absolutely. Um, do you think it would have really? You think it would have got a nominated for an Academy Award? No. For that's no, important. no, yeah. no, no. It would it wouldn't have been nominated. It, I mean, I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, the films that get nominated uh, aren't aren't really, you know, nominated because they're good films. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, they're nominated <laughs> because of political, uh, you know, this guy owes this guy a favor or so forth. I mean, there's so many times where you are, are like, like. This one speaks to what we want the Academy to look like they're promoting. And then, you know, people get behind, you know, those kind of political factions. I'm. Are you saying there's politics in Hollywood? Oh, yeah. You know, it's politics in Hollywood. And the thing is that, you know, I, I have to admit, I rarely watch the Oscars or any of the awards shows because. You know, it's not like it's based on what's really the best project or the best performance. I mean, it's always about, you know, you know who, who they want to promote or who they uh, think that uh, is the best for them to uh, put ahead of someone else this year. I think it's like high school and it's the prom kind of. Who they award prom king and queen and such, and you know it's a pat on the back type deal. So yeah, but um, we've kind of with the awards and stuff, and it's just so you know it's such a big deal. I have a, we haven't really. I I held on to watching the Oscars. I think longer than Hawk did because it was just something I always did because I always consider it to be like the Super Bowl of what we attempt. You know what I mean? It's like yes, end of the year. These are the you know, the biggest movies of all time at this time, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, they're the, they're the big dogs, so to speak, doing it. Um, and there are some good films made. There's some really good films made within, the, you know, the system. Um, and some of the Academy Award-winning films and nominated films that I see are really good. You know, a lot of them really are. It's, yeah, you know, but I mean, I mean, yeah, yep. I mean there there are still a lot of great movies being made. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I think a lot of them aren't aren't really you know showcased or, or given the the uh, accolades that they deserve. I mean, sometimes you'll have something that I'm like, yeah, that was a really good movie and deserved it. Other times, it's I mean, I watch the movie and I'm like, I'm sorry, but if if it's going to be a contender, it has to. I mean. 
yeah, it should have a message, should promote something that is good and, 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 and promote uh, different, you know, people, religions, sexualities, uh, color, all that, I believe all that. But it also has to be something that is also enjoyable. I mean, there's a lot of movies, I think, that come out that you're watching it and it's painful to watch because it's, it's just pretty much preaching these things. Yeah, and when you have the ability to make a movie, make a story, to teach people about things, you have to learn how to make it enjoyable instead of making it, you know, like oh my god, I feel like I'm in school again. They're teasing me what I I I already know. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, there are some that. You know, our slow burns that end up being really good, but uh, a lot of a lot of things, I feel like it's just too preachy. No, I'm with you 110 percent for sure. But uh, before we we don't want to preach ourselves, so we'll pop into all the all the Heath Ledger fans that popped into the Boombastic cast today. We don't want to preach the reality to them and warp them out. So, <laughs> without further ado, we should probably pop in. What do you think? Yeah, sure. We can sprinkle in the love and the chunks of flavory goodness along the way. Uh, do you want to go first, my friend? Yeah. Um, let's start from number 10, and we'll go way up like we usually do. Okay. All right. Okay, for number 10 for me, which actually uh, kind of works with the placing, 10 uh, things I hate about you. I've heard you say that to me many a times. Well, yeah, because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Things I hate about you, man. Yeah. Like, that hit me off. Well, I mean, the thing <laughs> is, it's enjoyable. I put it at the bottom of the list. I mean, because it is a straightforward romantic comedy. Um, Heath Ledger uh, does a great job in that. I mean, like I said, I mean, you you watch him doing that uh, uh, singing. I can't live without you. I, 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 I forget. I forget the song, but. Uh, on the bleachers uh, to the uh, the girl he's trying to woo, it's it's great. It's cornball, and it also showed that Heath Ledger had no problem, you know, uh, making fun of himself. You know, kind of like he says, "I know I'm the romantic heartthrob of the time, but I have no problem doing something that's kind of you know doesn't make me look like you know the the." romantic ideal, but be a little goofy, a little funny. And that honestly made him more more uh, fun to watch and more uh, charismatic. And and I thought he he did a great job in that. Yeah. I had it for mine as well. It just kind of worked out that way as you can see. But yeah, I remember kind of having some fun moments. And, you know, I remember... The thing about Heath Ledger that I always gave him credit for is, like, he can play really anything. Where, in 10 Things about, I Hate About You, he, he kind of had a little outcast vibe to him. And, you know, it's like Tom Hardy. Like, Tom Hardy's a dude that, you know, you, you look at him and you go, this dude probably don't have that many bad days. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But they can play it. They can play it good. And who's to say? You know what I mean? But that was the vibe I got. And I remember I really. I guess what I'm trying to say is, in real life, I wouldn't like or 
in any other situation, I probably wouldn't like that character. Like, if another actor played that character, I'd probably be like, eh. And his character is what makes that whole movie, you know what I mean? So I got to give credit to due. Yeah, because, I mean, you've seen that type of character in the, um, uh, so many different romantic comedies and all that, the kind of the outcast uh, guy or girl that, you know, was interested in the unattainable guy or girl. And, uh, uh, but I mean, the thing is, like I said, with Heath Ledger, I mean, I, when I, that movie, while I, I would say is not like my ultimate favorite movie of all time, I always right. appreciated because, you know, he just, he made you like him. I mean, you, you couldn't help but just watch it like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get behind this guy. And uh, and that's why, you know, it's on my list. There was a movie that Matthew McConaughey did that was a romantic comedy, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, and yeah. I remember, like, enjoying that movie because Matthew McConaughey was so good at it. You know what I mean? And I, I kind of think it's the same way. It was like that with this film. You know, regularly I wouldn't catch it. So you have the perfect, the dude, the perfectly casted dude in the role. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's strictly that, um, and it goes to show you right there, like exactly how important casting can be, because realistically, I think you, you feel the same way I do about the situation where it's like take, but take both of those dudes that I just, you know, Ledger and McConaughey in those situations, and put other people in those roles, and I think those films would be. Not not watchable, not watchable. You know what I mean. But let's not Matthew while while Heath is listening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you have for uh, number nine? Number nine. I have the Patriot. Ah. Now, the thing is, um, I love the movie, uh, yeah. and. And the thing is that the reason I have it so low is not, uh, is not because I thought Heath Ledger didn't do a great job. I thought he did a great job. But as the movie goes, it is a Mel Gibson vehicle. So you it's... Hate, you, got, you just hate Mel Gibson? <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said there's a Mel Gibson vehicle. So, But what I liked about it with Heath Ledger was, first of all, he was playing a role where there was no romantic, um, uh, big, uh, big romantic thing with him. I think there was, you know, kind of a, a little relationship with him and one, uh, one of the girls, which you know, was cute, but it wasn't, it was a subplot. It wasn't like the main thing. And for me, the main thing was, here's a kid who felt so, strong about, you know, fighting for his country. He goes out there and his brother ends up getting killed right in front of him because of him. And right. and how that, you know, just you know, just spurs him along and how, you know, I mean I can only imagine how one would feel in that situation. But it was a nice change from like the uh, 10 Things I Hate About You in the sense that here you have him playing more of a, you know, 
regular guy who wanted to do something. He always is at odds with his father because he doesn't think his father is taking this seriously or taking him seriously. It's it's the, the classic dynamic that a lot of sons have with their fathers where the father looks at their son, their kid, as their kid. They're responsible to protect them. And when their kid wants to do something that they feel passionate about, but the father feels like it's, you know, it's a good chance the kid might get hurt or killed and all that. And he believes that, you know, and, and he just steps ahead and says, no, you should not do that, which, of course, makes the kid want to do it even more. And, yeah. and then, of course, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, Heath Ledger does die in this movie. And it's by far one of the saddest deaths that, I mean, it, it still gets me to that to this day because you're rooting for this kid. Yeah. And understand why, you know, he feels the way he does. And it's also Heath Ledger. So it's kind of like the Drew Barrymore and Scream where you can't wrap your head around that. I mean, this is Heath Ledger. He's one of the star's biggest names at the time. They're not going to kill him off. And then they kill him off, which, of course gives a huge boost to the Mel Gibson character in the final battle. Which, you know, I mean, if you're looking at how it was set up, it's kind of undeniable, but you're still in the back of your head because it's Heath Ledger. You're kind of like, nah, they're not going to do that. They'll find a different way. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I would have, uh, number nine for me, my friend, would be a... Uh... Somebody get me a back brace because we got a broke back mountain situation going on. <laughs> um, now, the broke back mountain. With all due respect to the broke back, I gotta, I gotta say that I've never fully watched the film. Film. I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV. Um, this came out at a time when I was definitely not digging Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal and me had big beef at this time. I didn't really, I didn't really, me and him didn't really squash our beef up until uh, Nightcrawler. Around Nightcrawler is when we kind of got cool again. So I had kind of a, I had kind of an issue with him around this time. But I got, I always give the film respect for what, you know, it was definitely loved and everybody thought it was great. And from what I've seen of it, uh, I feel like there's a good film in there. I just haven't sit down to fully watch. You know what I mean? Uh, but I also wanted to give it credit because I remember, you know, of course, it, it, I think it swept the Oscars that year. And uh, except for Heath, where I want to say, you know, what I, I remember he was, uh, when they were nominating, doing the nominations and they like show the person at their table you know, doing whatever, and they got to him, and I remember he did, uh, with the cameras on him, he spit in his hand like he was going to wet up his cock for a slide-in. You know what I mean? Which I always thought that was the greatest thing in the world. It was so funny. And it was tongue-in-cheek and poking fun at the event, which that's kind of early years, but they really didn't appreciate that type of thing, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know. And uh, I think, I don't know, it's weird if he it's a weird, it's a weird vibe, you know what I mean? Uh, but I always thought that was fun, um, and I gotta, you know, like I said, when you get when a dude's got twenty three movies and you gotta pick ten of them, 
you know, you start putting movies in there just because uh, somebody made a good joke and a lot of people love it, you know what I mean? That's kind of how it goes. But oh, that's my that's, that's my number nine. All right. I like Ang Lee a lot. I think Ang Lee's a super talent as a director. Uh, the Ice Storm is a really cool pickup for anybody that out there. I think Criterion put out a cool flick of one of his earlier films. Uh, now, I know you're a gigantic Hulk fan. Do you like his Hulk movie, Ang Lee's? Well, it's funny because a lot of people um, shit on that Hulk movie. Um, yeah. And the thing is that I liked the uh, the idea behind it. I don't think that it was 100% um, uh, taken care of. Uh, it, it wasn't put together. Um, I mean, the thing is, what I liked about it was the fact that it focused on an aspect in the Hulk comics that they always gloss over, that there is a, a story of his father being abusive and killing his mother. Yeah. And that he sees that, which is usually always glossed over, never used in the comics. I really liked that Ang Lee brought that, which also brings the fact why Bruce Banner and the whole anger issue, how that makes it even more important, other than, oh, this is a guy who's angry. Oh, I like that. I liked a lot of the visuals. Um,. The comic book, you know, style setting, I wasn't a huge fan of. Of, I liked what he was trying to do, but I just didn't think it worked. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, like, there were aspects of it <clears throat> I didn't think really worked well. Like, the villain, I mean, I liked the idea the villain was his father, but then making him ab- absorbing man didn't quite work, and then the big dogs... Like I said, I oh, like the attempt. I understood where he was going for it, and I appreciate going with the, you know, father killing the mother aspect. Yeah. But I think it, it fell short in a lot of other aspects. You know, I don't blame you for, for having those feels. You know what I mean? I, I want to actually check it out one of these days. I got to find it in a physical form or something, I guess. I, I, think, I, ha- I think I have a copy over at my place. I'll let you borrow it. Uh, that was a time when I was definitely not watching superhero films <laughs> of that of that caliber. Well, uh, what, can, what can I say? I'm I, I'm always a superhero fan, and I love the Hulk. So, no matter how good or bad a Hulk movie is, I'm going to see it. You're a superhero fan to me, but what's your number eight movie? Since we're oh. thinking, all right, number eight would be a Knight's Tale. Ooh, a knight's tail. Yeah. Is that I, like like a rat tail? Is that about a, like a rat tail haircut from, from the 90s type deal? No, nobody, nobody. Um, a knight's tail is, it's in the same category, I would say, of 10 Things I Hate About You. It's a romantic comedy. Um, it has a great supporting cast. You had Paul Bettany. You had Alan Tudyk. He had a bunch of other great actors that also worked with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger is, of course, the star in it, but you know everything worked well in that film. That's very enjoyable. Um, it is one of those movies that 
unfortunately, I don't think Tess uh, stands the test of time for the fact that while it is a medieval movie, it's about, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a guy who's not of noble blood wanting to be a knight. They, you know, they have the pop songs. They have We Will Rock You as one of the songs in there. And it's, it's a medieval setting with a very current of the times that it was made vibe. So, which is a lot of fun and definitely, you know, great, throw it on, you know, watch it, laugh, enjoy Heath. But it's, it's one of those movies that, I mean, if you're watching that with a bunch of other movies set in the medieval time, it just doesn't work. Um, Heath Ledger, of course, you know, he steals the show. I mean, he's charismatic. He's a lot of fun. And he knows how to, you know, say a joke to make you laugh. And, uh, and of course, it's the underdog story. Everyone loves an underdog story. So, I mean, that's why I, I give it number eight in my list. Enjoy Heath. You know what I mean? He's a uh, Heath bar. He's my Heath that, bar. That's now next number eight for me. I'd have to put in the film Two Hands. Okay. Okay. Uh, a little comedy crime thriller. Um, I think he did, it was his follow up, I think, to Ten Things. I think it was right after that. But it's yeah. kind of, you know, he plays like some teenager, teenager in debt to a local gangster. And uh, some, when some loot goes disappearing, uh, it sets him on the run from these stug criminal motherfuckers trying to crush his head like grapes. You know what I mean? But, you know, two street kids that start a shopping spree when they find the missing money. So, you know what that means? You ain't getting that money back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was also, um, I think it was uh, an Australian film. I think it was... Uh, uh, out of Australia that uh, Two Hands was done. And yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, early Heath Ledger. I mean, definitely falls in the same category of like 10 things where, you know, it, he's funny and he's charming all at the same time. Very strong in his wheelhouse. I think it's him returning to, to like that indie vibe that you were talking about earlier in the show that he kind of thirsted for, you know, coming off of things, which is a big Hollywood romantic comedy. I think that, you know, that he went kind of back to his roots, maybe back home. Uh, maybe this was a filmmaker or something he worked with in the past or something like that. Maybe somebody big popping on the underground scene or the indie indie film can't be too underground. I would I wouldn't think, but. Uh, yeah, I think actually this is definitely his kind of uh, going a little more grittier than where he just came from. I think he jumped back and forth with, you know, he, 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 when you really kind of look at the, the different roles, it's, you know, they're multifaceted, you know what I mean? So the way he jumps back and forth is nice. Um, trying to, you know, you, I guess as an actor, you never really want to settle too much in one zone or you'll you'll get, you know, comfy and stay there that's probably what happens with these actors they stay in they comfy in that zone and uh that's why they just do it every time out the gate but he he knew that like a good actor would know alexander hawk knows this and he, he had to keep wiping his palate you know after doing a nice great oil painting he knew he had to wipe it wipe the paint off and start over in the next film you know what i mean 
But yeah, so everybody, that's kind of one out there that I didn't think people would see that much, probably mainly because I never seen it. But I thought uh, I'd put it on the list for the folks because it's a good watch. You know what I mean? Catch that one. Uh, what'd you have for number eight? Uh, we, uh, I already did my number eight. Um, oh, eight yeah, yeah. What? What's your number seven? Number seven can get you into heaven. <laughs> well, number seven, number seven is uh, Casanova. I'm a Casanova. I read yeah. it. I read it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, Casanova, I think, is the probably the best of the romantic comedies that he did. Um, he plays, of course, Casanova, the famed lover of women, and uh, and of course, it's it's not supposed to be like uh, time accurate. It's it's kind of like uh, it's it's better than Knight's Tale, but uh, you know, it's the typical, you know, the guy who can get any girl he wants. He ends up meeting this girl who, you know, is. You know, forward thinking of the times. He she writes against you know men who use and abuse women. You know, break their hearts. And of course, he ends up the great famed lover ends up falling in love for this unattainable woman. And of course, you know it's you know she sets things up to make him look like uh, an idiot and and so forth and so on. It's it's a fun little banter back and forth. Um, I would say it's. I mean, it's not quite on the same level, but it kind of re- uh, reminded me of like the uh, classic movies like uh, um, Pat and Mike, uh, Catherine Hepburn, and Cary Grant movies, where you know you have these two people who are definitely from opposite sides of how they look at 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 things, and then you know, but. They're drawn to each other, and they have a nice, fun sparring back and forth. And yeah. that's why I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Heath Ledger, of course, you know, is great in, in the entire film. And uh, and like I said, he, he's so charming that he, he – I mean, even as, as, as a heterosexual guy, I'm like, yeah, I can understand why women fall for this guy. I mean, it's – you know, it's not that hard to believe that, you know, he can easily sweep a girl off her feet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on I remember the original title of Casanova was Hakanova. <laughs> well, yeah, that unfortunately never got off the ground, but I'm still working on it. Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, give me a call. We'll get Hakanova off the ground. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Next up for you, Boy Man Fisher, number seven, uh, The Imaginarium of Dr. Panarasis, all right? I think Uh, think it's pronounced Parnassus. Parnassus? Yeah, Parnassus. I think that's how they uh, they pronounce it. Well, thanks for correcting me and making me look like a fucking idiot in front of the whole world. (laughs) All's well, all's well. Well, You can always edit that out, man, you know, and just, yeah. Well... Sometimes you do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know what I mean? You got to know when to pick your spot. You got to know when to pick your spot. That's all I'm saying. This movie. Now, this movie is one of those ones that you might not claim to be a masterpiece or a great film or maybe even, you know, a good film at that. You know, it's a massive undertaking of a film. You know what I mean? It's like a, 
it's Willy Wonka-like in a way, you know what I mean? It's really crazy and over the top. And, you know, the, it's outside the factory, which is kind of makes it even more crazy. Um, Ledger, this is the one that kind of he went out on, you know, I, I, th- I, I believe, was he, was he shooting when? What, did yeah. he die? I know that other people had to come in and finish his role, but were they in a break or something? Because he no. was just... Really? From from what I remember of of what happened was he died in the middle of filming, and of course uh, Terry Gilliam is is the director on this, right? Oh yeah, think, okay. Yeah, well, I mean the thing is, of course, here you know he's already shot a good chunk of it, and Heath Ledger dies, and um, actually I think the big big um uh, uh thing about this movie is the fact that you had Johnny Depp, I think Colin Farrell Colin. and I think Jude Law. I think those three guys came in and they double they became different versions of Heath Ledger's character. And luckily in this story it's I mean it's it's believable in the world that was created that this happened. So you can easily go with the fact that these new actors are now different versions of the Heath Ledger character. And, um, I mean, I would have loved to see what would have happened if Heath Ledger finished it all. But, uh, unfortunately, yeah, like I say, he died in the middle of it. But I did like the fact that those three guys who were friends of Heath Ledger decided to step up, and they did take pay cuts. So they, they could help finish the last film he was in. I believe they even dedicated all their 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 earnings from the film or their pay from the film to Heath Ledger's daughter for future like financial support. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very kind of them because you know, depending on contracts and such, it's quite possible that the estate of Heath Ledger makes really nothing after he dies. If he was just kind of contracted to kind of pay to play where they were like, okay, come, no back end or anything like that, even though some people say back end is a myth to begin with. But if they're just like, hey, here's fucking a million dollars or here's three million dollars to come fucking do this part, and that's all, you just, you know, that's it. You paid, you'd come do the job, you go home, and that's it. Um, then th- his family's kind of not really going to get any income. You know, which is kind of unfortunate. You know, when you leave so much good stuff behind that'll entertain and make money for years to come, it's unfortunate when you think of the people that kind of made it and, you know, the people they love the most when they're gone, like, can't reap the benefits of that as well. You know, I mean, that's kind of a bogus deal. But yeah, it's a great, this was was a crazy film. You know, it's, it's sketchy. It's little, you can tell something, something happened, you know what I mean? But, um, very, you know, I think that makes it a little bit more interesting, you know. Yeah. So, uh, next up is number six for the hot. Yeah, number six is The Brothers Grimm. Ooh, my goodness. Well, yeah. I actually happen to have that as my number six as well. Ooh. Oh, this my is God. Is, is this, scary. like, twice in a row that we actually have something <laughs> in common? This is two in the same episode. This is ten and six. It's creepy. Ooh. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, uh, you want to talk? Uh, you want me to go? Or since we both have the number six, it, it, they're both Gilliam projects, which is interesting. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, 
you know, based off of the old fairy tale of a bunch of, you know, this was fun because it was like, you know, darker fairy tale type creepier deals. Uh, Matt Damon, uh, you know, he was fun in that. Heath Ledger, I think, really kind of stole the show, though, as far as the dynamic went, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was real fun, you know what I mean? You, you can kind of, it wasn't that hard to get caught up in, you know what I mean? What did you think of it? Well, I mean, I, I really loved the movie. I enjoyed it a lot. What I also really liked about it, especially with Heath Ledger, was that he was the the odd duck of the brothers. He was the black sheep. Um, yep. He wasn't the romantic guy. I mean, Matt Damon was the uh, the brother that got the girls, was always out carousing. And uh, Heath Ledger's character is the studious one that, you know, does all the note-taking and all that, which is a nice change of what he usually does. And I always enjoy when actors do something that is not exactly in their wheelhouse or that something that you would not expect them to normally play. And, of course, I mean, like I said, I mean, the thing about Heath is you can, you know, uh, uh, you know, dumb him down and, and try to, you know, make him not the romantic lead in, in the film. But he has so much charisma and he's so much of fun to watch that he he very easily steal, steals the scene. Even, I mean, I mean I'm mean i a big Matt Damon fan, but uh, I, I think he really steals the entire movie from Matt Damon in this film. I think he's definitely, you know, really great in this and shows a lot of, a lot of possibilities, a lot of things he could have done in the future if, you know, things had been different. Yeah, I agree. I got to, with this one, I, I got to comment again with how much I like. When he plays, he's one of the only people that can really play like a good-looking dude that can play outcasted or down and out, down and out Larry. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not too many of the real good-looking dudes, you know what I mean, can fucking pull that off. And uh, he, he, it's, 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 it's a test to his talent, dude, you know what I mean, for sure. Um, what did you have for number five, my friend? Hey, number five, I have The Order. Oh. Okay, now, what I love about this film is... First of all, I think it kind of went under the radar when it came came out. It uh, is a supernatural thriller. It's it's all about uh, the Vatican, and Heath Ledger plays a sin eater. Now, in this reality, this world, uh, what a sin a sin eater does is that you know someone who's about to die, you know, yeah. will will call call him up and say, you know, I'm about to die. So he goes in and he takes the sin from that person into his body. So no matter what that person has done before, when he dies, he can go to heaven. He doesn't have to worry about going to hell. And yeah. and uh, Heath Ledger takes it upon himself. So, I mean, from my memory is that pretty much he's damning himself, you know, uh, because he's taken the sin in of all these other people. Yeah. And, of course, uh, he uh, finds out about, like, uh, this, I think, cult or something where they're misusing that kind of uh, technique. 
And it's it's a mystery. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I know I definitely enjoyed it. And what was the best part of it was the fact that, again, you had Heath Ledger not being the romantic lead. You didn't have women throwing themselves at him. And he was, you know, commanding that movie. And And like I said, he has such a great, you know, presence on screen. And it was great to see him doing something that was different from what we've seen him before. And uh, and like I say, it was a lot of fun to, to watch him in that. For sure it was. And you better believe it. You better believe it. Francesco Carnaluti up in the building up in there is Dominic. I remember that. Uh, yeah, Brian Hedgeland. You know what else? He directed another Heath Ledger vehicle. Do you know which one? Uh, forget off the top of my head. A Knight's Tale, speaking of off, off, oh. with, off the top with your head, kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which nice. was, I mean, if we're going to bring up a Knight's Tale, I guess I could talk about, you know, my number five, you know, which just happens to be directed by the same director as your number five. You know what I mean? A uh, Knight's Tale. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, <laughs> I can say this about just about every movie on this list except for like three of them. And it isn't a stab at his talent. It's more a stab at the film, I guess, where if he wasn't in the film, it wouldn't be that good. There's maybe three or four films on this list that I think could have maybe casted somebody else and still been good films. But a lot of these movies that I got on this list, man, are there because really because he was in them. If any other actor was in this position, it would be a film that wouldn't interest me in the slightest. It would probably get the turn off. It probably kept me watching. Maybe I just have a secret crush on Heath Ledger. I mean... Well, it, it, I mean, we all do. We all do, dude. Uh, it's possible. You know, the way he... When he looks at me through the TV screen and winks at me and blows me kisses, it's got to be real. You know, that can't just be imagination type stuff. Now, I don't know if it was the trailer for this film or if it was like the MTV Movie Awards from back in the day, but I remember this, they're doing the catapult, like the scene with the just, when they're doing the joust. Oh, yeah. I remember there was like this really cool song that comes on. Um, Maybe it was some uh, like stadium rock type song or ACDC song or something. You know what I mean? That was like, um, or arena rock rather, ACDC is stadium rock. It was like something you'd hear in a football game, like that, hey, nah, 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 song. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, it, but I heard that, and I always remember just being like, that's cool. And those things burn their ways into my head, like imprints like that, where I see really cool music over like a cool scene, that stuff that pops in. And the MTV Movie Awards I've brought up a few times on the show, because that that, I got, you know, there's a lot of, imprinted you know what i mean um you know i remember burned in my brain forever as i remember when true true lies was up for some movie award and i remember they did their own clips of the movie and then put their music behind it and it was highway to hell when the scene when they're on the bridge and uh, i remember that was such a cool like moment just hearing that and seeing that that just burnt its way into my brain forever so, like, that scene with the jousting in this kind of burnt its way into my brain. So that's kind of why I gave it a higher-up spot. You know what I mean? My take, as we all know, 
my take on, you know, where placing films might not be quality of film. It could be wrapped around a personal story or a personal like of whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but next up for the Hawkman, personally, what do you think of your number four spot? Number four. Yeah. Lords of Dogtown. Oh, my. Yeah, I know that Matt wasn't a big fan of this one. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, this one is, I, I enjoyed it less for the movie itself, but more for just, like, Heath Ledger. Because, I mean, the story is about, like, these surfers that are also skateboarders and they go into competition. It's supposedly based on, on, on true events. It was shot kind of like um, a documentary style. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about it was that when I watched Heath Ledger in his role, I did not see Heath Ledger. That's what I liked about it, because you can watch it like, well, you know, he's played similar type of characters. Yeah, but, I mean, when I watched him playing the character of Skip, it, I, for me, I, I saw him as, as Skip. I did not see him as Heath Ledger playing Skip. And uh, while I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, I was a fan of his performance in it because I felt that it was one of the few times where I saw someone other than the actor playing the role. And that's yeah. why I gave it a high, high ranking on my list was because it's one of the few times I saw that with, uh, with Heath. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I, um, I remember watching this and really hating it for whatever reason. Um, really like being angrily upset that we were watching it. I don't know what the story, if you're going to watch a skateboard, watch like, uh, What's Up Rockers or like any Larry Clark film. You know, like half of Larry Clark's films got skateboarders in them. All those kids are skateboarders usually in his films, which is cool. Um, I thought I like, I enjoy more of those kind of skateboarding movies. Lords of Dogtown, you know, the way I just said that I might like a movie for a reason that's like a personal reason. I don't like Lords of Dogtown for a personal reason. I don't know why. I remember watching it with my cousin and one of his friends and uh, really being against watching it, not wanting to watch it. It ended up going on. And just the whole time, just kind of talking shit about it. And I don't regularly do that, like, in a, uh, like, well, maybe in a joking way, having fun. Uh, check out Dead Kids of Derry. Um, I'll, I'll streaming platforms, but we, we definitely do it, but I was fucking, I was roasting out of pure hate, just like, they were digging it, they were skateboarders, and I just thought it was fucking a trash, and I like skateboard movies, don't get me wrong, you know, gleaming the cube, kid, doing a big kid, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I it, that movie is fucking treacherous, I'd rather gleam a cube any day, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Me and Christian Slater get down. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, Paranoid Park was good times, too. I think that was uh, Gus Van, I think. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Ration, of course. I like those 80s ones where you after the 80s, after like 90, 
after after like ninety six, ninety seven, every skate movie is gonna be a hipster skate movie. You're not gonna get the true punk rock spirit of skate skateboard movies unless you have the right person doing it. So that was your number five, four, right? You said. Uh, number four, I believe. Yep, Lords of Dogtown. What's your so number four? My number four is actually The Patriot. I won't go too deep into it because you really got touched kind of the same notes that I'd want to touch um, with it. Um, I'll, I'll comment on that on his death again. You know, you, when he when he dies in The Patriot, you feel that you really feel bad for him. It's such a it is kind of it's a crazy gr- good moment. Great, greatly acted. You know, um, yeah. I just I think. Very crucial. Another another thing where like anybody else might wouldn't have been able to do it is fucking Fanglorious. You know what I mean? But they can try, and uh, maybe one day they can arrive at that place. What do you have for a number three? I think we're at Bubba. Yeah, yep, number three is Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah. Um. The thing is that um, I think he did a great job in the movie. And that is uh, not in in discussion. I think he, he did a great job. What I I really um, honestly for that I give him himself as an actor a lot of credit is that when he decided to do that role. Now, if we were doing Brokeback Mountain like today, it wouldn't have been such a big of a deal. But when they did Brokeback Mountain, you know, it's a, a story that no one really expected uh, to see. And it's a story that needs to be told. I mean, different people have different relationships. And and the thing is that every relationship is worth, you know, discussing. And the thing is that I both felt that Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal did a great job in this uh, performance. Um, but also the fact that Heath Ledger was willing to do this role, which could have, you know, possibly uh, derailed his career. It didn't, and it shouldn't have. But it was a big question at the time. And the fact is, you have Heath Ledger, who's a huge heartthrob. You know, he's known for all this romantic comedies and all all these romance movies, and now that this guy, which you've always seen, you know, get the girl, now he's, you know, doing pretty much the same kind of role, but it's two guys instead, which I thought was a really bold and cool move. Because, I mean, it'd be one thing if they took someone that you never heard, then it'd be... Still, probably a good movie if you had an actor that could do it, but when you have someone of that stature doing that, I think it also adds to the point of saying, this is okay, we should not be looking at this as something that is disgusting or something that is not normal. We should look at this as two people in love, whether they're the same sex or not. And I thought the fact that Heath Ledger decided to do that, I thought really elevated the helped the film. Because if you got someone lesser, then, I mean, you can always say, well, this person, you know, took this chance because they didn't have anything to lose. 
that Heath Ledger yeah. had a lot to lose. Because, I mean, there could have been a huge backlash because of that, because of the timing, which should not have happened. It should never happen. But because of the timing, that was a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really give him a lot of credit for playing that role, playing that role well, and making me believe in his character. It's another one like, uh, uh, like Skip in Dogtown where I did not see Heath Ledger in that role. I saw his character in that role. So, I mean, that's, that's why I gave it uh, number three. Hey, it's a good place for it, you know what I mean? Uh, my number three is uh, Candy. Candy? Uh, candy, Candy Kid. Um, around the time that Heath Ledger dropped off the earth, you know what I mean, went to the VIP section of the club. Uh, I was looking into kind of his later films because a lot of people would say, oh, well, The Dark Knight killed him. Doing the Dark Knight is what killed him. He got so dark as the Joker that it killed him. And I don't think I, I when I look back on it, because, you know, I went and bought this on Amazon, the DVD, and checked it out. And I think Candy is actually the film that really got him in a bad way. Um, he plays a poet, I believe, who meets up with this girl who wants to be an actress or struggling actress. And uh, they kind of have a love story, but they get caught up in heroin. So he plays playing like a, a dude that's just like losing it all to uh, heroin and love at the same time, which is kind of a crazy dynamic in the in the eyes of an addict. Type. Um, but very dark, you know. I definitely, you know, I think that he went to some serious dark places with this. Nobody, I, I didn't really hear anybody talking about it. It had a small release; it wasn't a big release. Straight to straight to video, I believe. Um, but I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, and I thought it was kind of, you know, I would bl- if I w- if I was going to blame any, if you can't really blame a film on somebody's somebody dying, you know what I mean. Um, but if I was to blame any any role that got in them that might not have been able to get out of them, I'd probably say it was probably this Candy. It was Dan, this dude named Dan in the film Candy. Um, yeah, so I. I, I that's all, and I own it. We'll have to watch it sometime if you don't, if you've never seen it. No. So it's a, yeah. I've heard of it. I just never watched it yet. I mean, it's you know, but I'm definitely interested in checking it out. Yeah. How about uh? So number two for the hawk animal. Okay, number two, the Dark Knight. Oh. Yeah, I know you didn't see that coming, did you? No, I did not see that coming at all. No, no, no. And, of course, I'm sure a lot of people are like, wait a minute. You you got something other than The Dark Knight is number one? What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, the thing is, don't get me wrong. I thought he did a great job as the Joker. He surpassed my expectations uh, yep. greatly. And he definitely showed, and it's another role where he disappeared into a character that I did not see Heath Ledger in the Joker. I saw the Joker. And um, like I said, that I thought he did a great job with that. I thought that uh, he brought a whole different style to the uh, character that 
I never thought of, which really worked in the Nolan universe, which helped elevate everything in that movie. I mean, don't mm. get me wrong. I like Christian Bale. I liked uh, Aaron Eckhart. I liked everyone. But I think the fact is that he ele- helped elevate that film to a- something a little more than just another Batman film. And that's why, you know, I was a big fan and I gave it number two. I do think there's one movie, at least for me personally, that I thought was better. Um, But that's how I feel about The Dark Knight. I think that he did a great job. Do I believe that this caused his death or all that? Um, I I don't know. I have a hard time. When people say, oh, he got so dark into a role that he couldn't get out of it. I mean, it is possible, but I mean, seeing seeing a lot of his other characters up to that point, I don't think. I mean, talking a list to Matt about Candy. Candy sounds more realistic as as a movie that would have gotten him in a darker place than the Joker, at least in my in what I believe. Um, but the fact is that could very simply be that a lot of these actors, especially if they're young and they get, you know, famous young, they have a tendency to get into some bad influences. And whether, I mean, he could simply have been battling these addictions and all that all the way through and just has was being able to hide it better, you know, before when he finally, you know, unfortunately overdosed. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he did a great job as the Joker. Do I think that he should have been up for an Oscar for it? I I would not say that. I think, he, I think that there are other things that he did that were... Uh, well, there's at least one movie I thought he did better that deserved more of a recognition. But... And- um, but that's how I leave it with uh, the Dark Knight. You know, I the last two movies is really a toss up for me because I think one of them's more indie and artistic and dramatic, and the other one, of course, is probably one of the biggest movies of all time. Our our, our being alive, us. Um, so it was really quite a toss up for me, but uh, I. Situations like this, I'll usually give the number one spot to the one that the majority of people, you know what I mean? So, like, I know more people know about The Dark Knight. So I'll flip it right now, and I'll say Dark Knight made it to number one for me uh, for all the reasons why everybody loves it. Um, Just a great film. I think his performance was heavy in it. Um, I don't think it was the film that killed him. But he definitely was in a dark place, and being in that dark place allowed him to go so wild with the Joker, for sure. Um, I don't think they would have nominated him for it if he didn't pass away. Um, I almost feel like, I don't know, uh, I don't know where they would where they placed him on their list. It's very possible that, you know, he could have just been a, he could have been a great actor that had the talent and knew he had it and just wasn't po- political and 
didn't get favor in that way and just, you know, he, you know, it, it's weird. And maybe that played into the fact that he was so heavy into the drugs and stuff. Um, so I don't know. So I will say that the only reason why I gave Dark Knight number one over my number two film is strictly because, you know, Dark Knight is huge. The other, the, my number two isn't as big. Um, not as many people have seen it as I'd like to have when I talk to people. Um, and that my number two film will be Monsters Ball. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen Monsters Ball. I thought that was a really good movie. And I thought Heath Ledger did a great job in it. Um, and it I mean, I didn't put, put that on here because it is a smaller role that yeah. he's in. Um, and, of course, I mean, it's kind of, I like to say it's the, um, the anti-patriot relationship with his right. father. Well, I mean, both of them have issues with their father. But one is more of like a, a, a the patriot issue with the father is more of something that you know everyone can understand, everyone can get behind. This uh, is of course, a, uh, hmm? it's a way darker tale. You yeah, know this I mean? is a way darker tale, and it's a darker relationship uh, uh, between the father and son, which the- you know. Yeah, the whole, you know, for anybody that hasn't seen it, it won't spoil too much, but it's kind of like it revolves around a family of prison guards. And um, they kind of grew up, it has that American History X vibe where they grew up racist the, the, you know, for generations and generations. And there's a transition being made and something tragic comes about. It's very American History X. I've never really put that together, but it has that vibe. Um, there are some really crazy moments uh, in this film. You know, Holly Berry, who I'm not typically a fan of, you know, there's a scene in there where she brings a gift for uh, one of the, for the Billy uh, Billy Bob Thornton character who is nice to her, whose um, husband uh, is in, is in prison. And um, she brings him a hat and like the father who's like uncontrollably racist, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, they have a, a deal with her and just kind of belittles her. And I just remember feeling so bad for her in that scene, and it was so awful. And it, I really think Monster Ball was a magnificent film. Heath Ledger, I think, you know, topped it off with his performance was great. You know, he has a moment in the film that's truly tragic as well. You know, there's a few of them. Um, but, you know what I mean? It's kind of a crazy deal. It also it has the you know, Holly Berry's kid in it, who I believe just passed away last year, I think it was in October, Karonji Calhoun. Um, tragic tale, you know, he's a, a kid who's heavy. Whenever I see those movies with the young kids that are heavy, they get like hard times and always fucking, I think a lot of people, it kind of get hits them a little more personal. Uh, but a very crazy film. The film is... It's one of those movies you can't really, it's almost like you can't, I don't know if we make those movies anymore where the, the, it's so dark that you almost question if it's like, like if I was like, if I was a producer, if I was a 22 year old producer on the set, I'd go, should we be doing this? You know what I mean? It's that dark, you know what I mean? But I think it's important. It's very important to be able to the dark side of things as well as the light in, in art in cinema. Um, it, it makes people appreciate 
things that they didn't, they didn't have to go through. It makes people that went through it kind of appreciate the fact that they're not the only ones that went through it. I think that's why dr- these drama films work so well, you know, when they're done right, because they're like, they're, they can be healing and they can be, you know, teach you things that, you know, life lessons without actually having to get out there and live it. It's kind of why, you know, cinema is so important. But Monsters Ball, fantastic. Um, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, when he was really kind of popping, there was a time when he was big deal. And right after Sling Blade, uh, from Sling Blade to like the end of Bad Santa, the first movie, I think, is when his big pop was. Uh, but this was in there, you know, Holly Berry. And I, we love Billy Bob here. That's no beef. That's just kind of how it is. And, uh, yeah, he's Ledger, man. Fantastic performance. Very tragic. Like I said, I like a dude that can make me fucking emotional and, like, hit everything. You know, there, there's not a lot of actors that could, especially nowadays, we get to know them, where celebrity and social media, you know, they're all, they're, they could be your Facebook friends. So it's very weird to kind of break them apart from characters. So when an actor nowadays with every, all the bullshit that happens around, when they're able to kind of let you not think it's them and think it's another character and you buy into it and take that journey, you got to applaud that. You know what I mean? He was definitely one of those dudes that was that, you know what I mean? What'd you have for your number one film over there? Okay. Drum roll, please. Number one, I have the four feathers. Oh, I thought the five feathers were better. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a movie early on in his career. Yeah. And uh, it's when it came out, I don't remember whether there was a huge um, thing about it, but um, I really liked it. Because, I mean, not only do you have Heath Ledger doing a great job within himself, it's um, it's about these two friends, best of friends, they go into the military together. Now, this is of, uh, it, it's, it's uh, the British fighting in, like, the Sudan uh, or something like that. It's one of those battles, one of those wars. Uh, it's it's a time period piece, and and the thing was what I loved was the fact that there was a romantic relationship in there, you know Heath Ledger, but what I loved more than anything else was the fact that you have him. He's a guy who doesn't believe in the war, and and he ends up you know getting dishonorably discharged. They kicked him out because he didn't agree with an order he was given or something like that. I mean, unfortunately, I'm a little foggy because I haven't seen it since it came out and it was years ago. But what I do remember and what I did love about his role was the fact that his friend was still out there. His friend, I believe, was captured. And here he is. He goes and he treks to go save his friend. Okay? Mm. And for me, I mean... All the other roles he's done, especially ones where he's disappeared in characters, great. This one, I mean, he didn't quite disappear into the character. I mean, you definitely knew it with Heath Ledger. But the emotion that he brought out so early on in his career 
you know, really showed me that he was going to go places in this movie. And the fact that, you know, he showed the determination and also, you know, he really moved me watching. I mean, all the other films I've seen him in, I've enjoyed and I thought he did a great job. But this was the only movie that he was in that his character really moved me, really touched me, where you have this guy who's like, he's my friend. I don't agree with the war. I don't agree with all of this stuff, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Nah, he was that dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and the fact is, and of course, I'm going to say this now because I know if anyone goes out to watch this movie, they're going to start screaming and yelling and cursing me because there is a moment where he does put a little black face on, a little tan color, because oh. he because he's an Englishman who has to try to pretend he's an Arab to sneak in to go save his friend. So, I mean, of course, it's it's not kosher, but there's a reason for it in the movie. So, just putting that out there. I mean, other than that, it's a great movie. I recommend anyone to watch it. It is a story of a guy who realizes that his loyalty to his friend supersedes anything else that he feels and all of that. And it doesn't matter that he has to trudge through by himself to try to save his friend and bring him back home. Truth. Nah, man, super talent. A man of many super talents, like my friend Alexander the Hawk. Well, I try, I try. 28 years old, 23 films, one Oscar win, you know, after death. AD, you know, another 82 wins and 60 nominations. You know, you kind of wonder where he'd be. You know, I, did, I doubt he'd still be doing it, still killing it. Um, he'd be on his way to, uh, I guess you could say Johnny Depp type deal, but I feel like in the long run, he'll probably. The thing with Johnny Depp is that he. He's kind of become a little bit of a mockery in, in the society's eyes a little bit with his exuberant living and lifestyle and weirdness, I guess. I got no issue with it, but it ain't a good look for him. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I mean, the thing is that I see what, uh, what you're saying. I mean, me personally, I would give more credit. Uh, um, I mean, the thing is I enjoy Johnny Depp. I enjoy a lot of characters he's played. But with Heath Ledger, the feeling I get with him is that, like I said before, he would probably have stayed more of the, you know, like um, uh, Manchester by the Sea is something I could see him deciding to take on. Or, you know, other films like that where, you know, there's an emotional story to it. And and that he's the right age for it and all that. Um, I mean Johnny Depp, love him, but you know he's he's there to make money. I mean he's he's there to you know really. I mean he's done some stuff that uh, definitely shows that he wanted to do, but in the long run, uh, he's he's too. When you get to a certain level, 
I think for the most part, they don't allow you to do any of those, you know, independent or smaller projects because they're like, dude, you're Johnny Depp. You have to be making these huge budget movies. You can't be doing, you know, these smaller, you know, Oscar bait movies. But with Heath Ledger, if he was still alive today, I would say he'd be doing Heath, uh, he'd be doing the Oscar bait movies. I really think. Yeah, I don't think Depp's in Oscar bait movie territory anymore, unfortunately. He could be. I think he carries himself in a way that he kind of lost respect a little bit, which is unfortunately that he's a, a very talented actor, but I really don't think society kind of respects him like that anymore. And he's kind of had one of those drastic downfalls, but maybe that's just something that happens when they get to a place like Bobby De Niro and you know, certain people say Pacino and such get to that place where it's like, Okay, you already, and we've talked about it before. It's like it's difficult to say who's right or wrong because you you're going to be being compared to all your earlier work. So why bother? You know, really kind of put yourself out there to get trashed, and it's an interesting element. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think he would have been. I feel like he would have kept it a little more respectable. You know, uh, even Philip Seymour Hoffman, I felt because some of the stuff he started to kind of do towards the end was cheese and about loot so it's possible that Heath just could have kept with the drug addiction not died and the quality of his work went downhill because he would have eventually probably got to a place where you could tell that it was fucking up fucking up um his his performances in an imaginarium like you can tell he's definitely like in a bad way you can see it on the screen physically you know what I mean not physically you can tell something's up um, so like, yeah, it's, you know, who's to say that he just didn't, he, he didn't dis- almost, de- I wouldn't want to say Depp destroyed his legacy, but like, who's to say that he could have went down that direction too, where he kept with the drugs and now he's like, well, I'll do this shitty movie because fuck it, I get money for this or that, or I like this person or I do drugs with this person. Um, you know what I mean? And the bad decisions like that is how you find yourself in bad movies where you're looking to make. You're not you're not thinking about the product more so than you know the people around you while you're making it and the situation will put you in. And as far as like a Depp doing an indie film, you know I don't think big Hollywood indie would take him, and smaller indie don't have the money that he wants to be paid. So like that's why he kind of and I don't know he's got his money issues. So I feel like. I don't know, it's tricky. I don't want to get into the man's shit because who the fuck knows. But uh, with Heath, dude, it's it's difficult to say where they'd be. But it's super talent, you know. Like we said before, dudes like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Michael K. Williams, they, you know, super talented dudes like Heath that just get caught up in some hardcore drugs, man, and they just fucking really take them down, you know what I mean? And it's a... You know, it's cra- it's kind of a crazy vibe. You know what I mean? It's you know, Heath died in what two thousand eight or something like that. Um, it's almost kind of like he's been forgotten a little bit, which is unfortunate. Uh, so, you know, but it's, it kind of everybody gets forget forgotten eventually. No matter how big you are, you'll eventually be you will you will end on a good note, happy note like that. No matter how big you are. They'll eventually forget your name. I'll never forget you, Matt. Oh, I'll never forget you. They'll never forget the Boom Master cast because we're on the YouTube, dude, and we're on, <laughs> we're on uh, those podcasting streaming services. So they can never forget the names of uh, Alexander Hawk and Matthew Fisher. No way, Jose. 
But yeah, uh, for sure, man. Wasn't there, was, did he have a documentary coming out about him? Was he one of those dudes that taped everything in his life? Or was that strictly Val Kilmer? Oh, I know Val I Kilmer had one coming out. I don't know well, about already, Heath Ledger, though. His already came out. I felt like Heath Ledger had had the same deal where he videotaped everything. And I assume a lot of actors have these videotapes around of their whole journey getting to where they are. You know what I mean? I'd imagine not all of them, but a good chunk of them would. So, like, you know, I'd bet. But I wanted to say that I thought Heath Ledger had a documentary coming out or already came out, maybe even a miniseries of uh, his whole come up. You know what I mean? But, yeah, definitely gone too soon. Um you take a dude like uh, Josh Gordon-Levitt there, you know, he's he's still respectable, you know what I mean, um, and, and kind of in that category and, you know, aged. He's probably, he's right there, I'd say, hit, you know, Ledger would be right there probably doing bigger roles, um, possibly taking roles from Levitt. Uh, if you think about him, you know, Heath Ledger and Gordon-Levitt, if you gave them both the same color hair, uh, they would look, they'd look alike, which is kind of scary. If you don't believe me, go look at the Night Night the Night's Tale poster, and <laughs> tell me that don't look like Josh Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Maybe uh, I mean. Speaking I mean, of Josh, the thing is, speaking of Josh Gordon Levitt, there might be a cool. Uh, you might get a cool story about him and an upcoming guest on the cast. So that's a teaser for, uh, for all the, the folks out there listening. But yeah, do you want to say anything else in closing on our boy Heath Ledger? Um, nothing much. No, not really. Um, just that he was a very talented guy that unfortunately was gone way too soon. And yeah. um, and uh, you know, it's as I said. I mean, he was uh, he was a guy that if if he didn't end up passing away. I think he'd still be, you know, killing it uh, big in in movies right now. Heath Ledger as uh, Candy, the Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Django. You could probably start thinking of places where you could place Heath Ledger. You know what I mean? It'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. One of these days we'll do an episode where we take actors – that have passed and kind of placed them where in roles that we think they would have went for. Cause you know, one of my favorite things to look into is like film projects where actors turned it down. You know what I mean? Like to find out, like, I, I don't think Tom Hanks was the original Forrest Gump. Like I, th- I want to say there was other people in line for Forrest Gump, but it's like, it's kind of crazy to even contemplate and try and picture in your head anybody else being Forrest Gump after Hanks did it, you know what I mean? Hanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. The boy. The dude. Isaac Cappy's dude. So, it's, uh, yeah, much respect to Heath Ledger. You know what I mean? Um, I heard somebody say Isaac Cappy. It came through the airwaves when, when Hanks was being brought up. I don't know what that is. People talk about, <laughs> people talk about Illuminati kills. You know, somebody powerful to become famous. Um, you know, there was speculation of some people that were famous for being twins around him when he died. But, you know, what can you do? I heard that they seen the twins leaving Bob Saget's hotel room. Mm. Well, they bought, found Bob Saget hanging hang like a nigga dog. Uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall just passed away, too. Um, 
Yeah. So what can you do up in here? Not much, man. But yeah, these were the top 10, I think, best projects from the, in the Hawk about Heath Ledger's career. Definitely gone too soon. Super talent. One of these days, we got to do an episode on drugs and talent. Why do some of the most talented folks get on these drugs and kill them? And is it, does it improve their performances for a little bit and then turns to shit? Or what's the story? Because we're getting these fucking legendary performances out of these people and then adios amigo. Is that the price you got to pay to be forever immortalized in your craft and not to kind of turn into a mockery and somebody, you know, people will kind of make fun of in your later careers and say that you fell off. Who's to say? Nobody knows. Maybe it's the James Dean curse. Maybe it's got a death curse. Nobody knows. Not us. But we'll catch you all on the Poconos. You can trust. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Boombastic Cast. Peace. Peace. And I'm spitting in my hand like Heath Ledger did at the Oscars right now. Patooey.